Welcome back, everybody, to The First Step. I'm excited today to have a special guest on my show to talk about money. Her name is Lisa Marie Robinson, and she is the Sassy Wealth Coach. Welcome to the show, Lisa Marie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'd love for you to just introduce yourself, what you do in the world, and then we can dive into more of your message. So just tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I'm Lisa Marie. I'm the owner and founder of the Sassy Wealth Coach. Um, basically, I'm a wealth mindset slash fractional CFO in one. I believe they both go hand in hand, money mindset, money management, um, in order to um, change your relationship with money. And I help women entrepreneurs do that. Amazing. Well, I'm already kind of with another question because what can you just before we go too much deeper into money mindset, which I think is a really powerful place for you to share with us. What is a fractional CFO? Um, CFO stands for chief financial officer. So a fractional CFO is um, basically someone who's not on your staff, um, but serves as a CFO to help you look at the numbers and say, okay, this is how we can plan things. And this is how we can make things um, work. Okay. Amazing. So, so for... it, it helps you basically on the ins and the outs of, of all the money numbers. Like sometimes you're so deep into what you want, like how the growth you want to have that you may not see um, a particular issue or how it could, how we can, how you can make it happen. And a fractional CFO can look at the whole big picture and see all of it and say, okay, we might not be able to do it this way, but we could do it that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me ask you, were you always into managing money or how did you get into this line of work? Um, I have 20 years of accounting experience. Um, I worked in a, a foreclosure law firm auditing their uh, bank accounts and looking at their numbers. So I've always looked at numbers. Um and I've always been really good with spreadsheets and making numbers work and figuring out, you know, seeing the right on the wall when something wasn't a good idea or when something was a good idea, that kind of thing. Um, but I didn't always have a good relationship with money. <laughs> um, I had negative money beliefs. I had scarcity money mindset. I didn't realize it. I didn't know that's what it was called. Um, and no matter how hard I tried, uh, money management plans that I would create. I don't call them budgets anymore, but anytime I created those, they just, they didn't work. And I couldn't figure out why for the longest time. Um, and then when I was let go from my corporate job and made the decision that I wasn't going back, I started my business. I was on food stamps. I started my business and I started doing the deep dive into, okay, why don't traditional budgeting budgets, why do they not work? What What's missing? Um, and then the deep dive into my mindset. And that's how I came to the conclusion they go together. And um, I figured out what needed to be included in that money management system to make it work. Cool. Well, my podcast is called The First Step because I love giving people action steps to live the life of their dreams. Often this has to do with health and wellness, 
But I think the ability to live in abundance and include all things like health and money and relationships and adventure is such an important concept. And I would agree that um, mindset is such a key even when I'm working with people on their health. If they have ideas that they're not healthy, it doesn't really matter what they do. They can do all the things like exercise and eating right and nothing changes. So it's so fascinating to hear you affirm that's also true in the area of wealth and finances. So for listeners, could you maybe walk them through if you were to meet a new client and they were, you know, stuck in scarcity or lack and you see that, how do you start to guide them or walk them towards feeling more abundant, even if they're not? Well, to be honest, the first step I'm going to have them do is acknowledge their money beliefs. Mm -hmm. I'm going to want them to write them down, which what I tell them is they don't have to show me. They don't have to be honest with anyone else and they need to be honest with themselves. Mm -hmm. So write it down, even if it's for no one to see, but write it down. What do you think, you know, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you pay your bills? How do you feel when you look at your bank account? When someone mentions money or you receiving revenue, what's, how does your body feel? Is it tension or do you get excited? Majority of us will say we don't have scarcity money mindset or money mindset issues, or we don't hate money, et cetera. And we actually do. Um, I even said I didn't, and someone brought it to my attention that really I did. And, you know, one of the things I did when I, that was the first thing I did is I listed out all the, what came up was I tense in my shoulders and my neck and my chest. Was it anger that came up when I had to pay bills? Was it stress? You know, where was I feeling all those things? Because it made you realize, and again, even if you're not honest with anyone else, being honest with yourself, right? It made me realize, okay, I have a scarcity money mindset. Then it's okay. These are negative money beliefs, but I can change them. What's the first step I can do to change it? And one of the things that I um, have my clients do is really the first step is to practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. And everybody laughs at me when I say this, but the next time you pay a bill and it's not an automatic expense. So like you go to pay, like I have a lot of my expenses are automatic unless they have to be. Um, and I'll go in and pay my light bill or I'll go pay my rent. And whenever I pay those things, I say, thank you. Mm-hmm. I just, after I've done, I say, thank you. When I've received money into my bank account and I'm looking at my bank account and my bank accounts, you know, got money in there and I have enough to pay myself and then pay my expenses, I say thank you. I pump my gas. I say thank you. I'm saying thank you to the universe, to me, the credit card, all of the above, because I'm showing gratitude that I appreciate the money that I have and I want to receive more. Mm-hmm. And it's taking that negative block away. You know, someone told me a long time ago, if someone treated you like shit and talked negative about you and talked crap about you and was always angry, would you stick around? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. Well, then why should money? Yeah. Well, and that was like a light bulb moment for me because I was like, oh, wow. 
okay, because money's energy. It's a tool. It's not bad or good. And when we realize that, we can actually shift how we think about it. And then that shifts how we manage it and what we do with it. Yeah, I love that. Um, Starting with gratitude, that's also something that I teach in my programs in the direction of health and wellness, you know, to, to just well, and health and wellness also affects your money mindset and your money management, because if you're stressed under money and money management, it's going to affect your health. And if you're not taking care of your health, you're not going to have the tenacity to deal with whatever life curveballs may come your way, whether that's health or, you know, financial that comes along with business or, you know, regular life expenses. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing you loud and clear, but just for listeners to kind of wrap their heads around these really valuable steps you've already shared. One, get really clear about what you are thinking about money, even if it's just for yourself. And as well as a first step, start to practice gratitude Um, When people discover that they have some less than desirable ideas and beliefs around money, how do you get them to change them? Well, practicing the gratitude is one. And then um, I believe in affirmations. Um, I have an affirmation app that I use that I'll tell my clients about. It's called uh, YAP, Y-A-P-P. There's two of them, but this one's like a YAP reminder is what it's called. Um, and I use it for affirmations. So it's supposed to be a reminder app, but I use, I put, you can put in, I don't know, like 25 or 30 in there and it can, it can pop up as much as nine times throughout the day. And so I use that, um, different affirmations to pop up. Um, I, and it's, you know, money management, money, wealth. Um, one of them is it's okay for me to be too big for my britches, meaning it's okay for me to keep growing. Um, and, and that's big for me. So, you know, I encourage my clients to use that. I also will send them different affirmations for them to, um, say on repeat at night. And what I do is you, I tell them you can either record it or you can say it to yourself three times. It's better to say it out loud. So you're actually hearing it. Stick them on sticky notes and put them on the on your mirror when you're going to brush your teeth, so you can see them and say them out loud. Um, there's just different things, but I tell them the more you see it, the more you say it, the more you're going to believe it because it's basically you're retraining your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not overnight, but you're retraining your brain. And when you recognize um, that when you get stressed or upset, kind of like with health and food, right? So a lot of us, we're emotional eaters. So when we get stressed or upset, we when we start taking care of our health, we realize the first thing we gravitate towards is something in the kitchen. So one of the things I did when I started getting healthy is I made sure there was no junk food in the kitchen for me to gravitate towards. I made sure there was like an apple and peanut butter or something, right? So the same thing goes with how we manage or how we spend our money. When we get up, our stress we are emotional spenders. And so what I tell them is when you notice you're going to do it, stop, take five, you know, put it in the cart and then walk away. Right. And give yourself an hour to say, do I really want that? Mm-hmm. Um, I tell them to turn off the one click purchase in Amazon. Most people don't realize you can turn that off. <laughs> 
I had to make sure I turned it off because it was getting me in way too much trouble. But there's just things, you know, put it in the cart and let it sit for 24 hours. If in 24 hours you still want it and you remember it's there, okay, go purchase it. I will bet money though, nine out of 10 times, majority of that thing we're wanting right then, if we leave it in the cart for 24 hours, we will forget it's there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which means you really don't need it. Yeah, this is such so applicable across so many different realms of living, I think. And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm even thinking about addictions of any sort, right? And one of the most powerful teachings that I ever came across that I rely on really to lead this beautiful life that I live, I would say in, in deep balance, is this ability to observe ourselves in the moment and recognize that what is happening when from moment to moment is are these sensations in our body and we can term them craving or aversion either it's pleasant or unpleasant and we're always trying to escape the unpleasant and cling to the pleasant and that's when those decisions happen whether it is you know clicking purchase or reaching for a drink or whatever your vice is it could be anything gambling sex over exercising work it could really literally be anything but if we recognize that immediacy of our reaction we're not feeling great so we reach for the thing that will give us a little hit of dopamine if we pause even for 90 seconds, this biochemical rush that goes through our body passes and we don't need to do the thing. So I think that's such a powerful tip for people to hear is just delay for a moment that reaching for whatever it is, the purchase, the food, the drink, the smoke, the uh, lever on the gambling machine, just wait 90 seconds let that biochemical rush pass through you. And then you're not so trapped by that immediate reaction of purchasing or whatever it is that's getting in your way. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of times what happens is we don't think, right? We're, it's in the moment, we just do it, it happens. And then later we're beating ourselves up because we did it. And that's the other thing. Stop beating yourself up when you all of a sudden realize, oh, oh, I forgot to practice my affirmations or, oh, I um, spent this and I really didn't need it. Okay. Beating yourself up doesn't really work. Trust me. I know. <laughs> Done it plenty of times. Instead, give yourself grace. You didn't get to where you're at overnight. Same thing with health, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember I was close to 200 pounds. When I started getting healthy, I didn't get to 200 pounds overnight. I wasn't exercising. So why in the world would I think I could do lunges six years ago without holding onto a back of a chair? I had no balance, right? I can now. People see me doing it now and they're like, oh, look at you. What you do? Okay, well, that's six years in the making. Mm -hmm. My business and me being multi-six figures and me having a good money mindset and a money management, that's seven years in the making, right? It didn't happen overnight. And just like your health and wealth, you are going to work on your money mindset every single day. 
I love that. It is a work in progress. It is not something, oh, I've worked on it. I've done the affirmations. Now I'm great. And it all is fine and dandy. Yeah, no, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Trust me. (laughs) It's not. I've had to dig deep the last three months, even deeper into my money mindset and um, my tools to help me through uh, the up-leveling that I'm going through and the Phoenix moments that my business is going through. And if I didn't have those tools, it could have stopped me in my tracks. Mm-hmm. We always are going to have to, to use those. It's a daily work in progress. You decide every single day you're going to work on it. I love that. It's it's so parallel to a lot of the things that I teach in in my realm of health, that consistency is key, that this is no magic pill, that this is a long road, this is a lifelong journey, and what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it, and and taking action is really the key. So because I have you on the show, uh, Lisa Marie, and you're an expert in this field, and we've talked a little bit about probably where my shortcomings are around money management, but, and so I wonder if we want to use me as a case study to, to to kind of showcase what you might say to, to somebody who, who is willing to look at their situation. And do you think that might be fun or interesting? Yeah. Okay. And, and I think I'm kind of a unique case, but I'd really love to hear your expertise because, and, um, and I'm sure you'll be able to dig out some of the the areas where where you would point where I can grow. But I say I'm unique because I really feel like I live in an abundance mindset. And I've been very lucky to always have money in my life. When I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, but I never felt like we went without. So I I just assumed that we would always have enough and we did always have enough. And and that's still how I feel. However, I don't track my money and and I should maybe be clear about that. I I also am not reckless with my money. I know how much is in my bank account. When you say those things of like, how do you feel when you look at your bank account? I'd say, great. How do I feel when I'm paying a bill? Also grateful. Like I definitely have some of those things built in. I think my parents did an incredible job at at talking about money in a responsible way, like they always taught us to put some money away. So I've always done that. I've never overspent. And they always made me work for my money. So from a very early age, I understood what it meant to to recognize how much money I'm bringing in and how much is money going out. And I've always been able to do that. I've always been self-reliant and in a good money place. But again, however, I don't track, I don't keep track of what I spend daily or weekly or monthly in a tight way. I mean, at the end of every tax year, I definitely look at it all and go like, oh, this is how much I spent here in you know, on all of the things that we spend money on. And this is how much money I've made. I've always had enough. So as that being a little bit of a backstory, where do you, what do you hear in that? And what would you, what would you say to me and listeners to up-level that story? Well, the first thing I would say to you is, does it suit you to not know throughout the year? 
like where your money is going. Because here's the thing. Most of us at the end of the year, we do the tax thing and, oh, this is where it went. And this that's what I'm hearing. Oh, at the end of the year, I see where it went and I'm seeing this. However, if you were to have, and I don't, it, I have a, a, a dashboard. It's a spending plan dashboard, money management dashboard. It includes m- for my clients, it includes my goals and their goals. It includes yearly expenses, monthly expenses, because we want to know what we need to plan for. And so it also includes business trips and events that we may are going to um, go to or um, events that we're going to have ourselves. And so those are things that, like, if you're going to host an event yourself, there's money that's going to need to be allocated towards that. And so I love using... Um, it's kind of, it's like, I call them virtual buckets, but I have designated bank account, savings account, virtual buckets for different things. So there's one for yearly expenses and money goes into that and it's just for that. So when I look at my bank accounts, I'm able to open up my bank account and look at all of, and I've got them nicknamed and I can say, okay, that's my owner pay account. That's money that's designated to pay me. This is money for my operating. This is money for my yearly expenses. This is money for my business trips. And I look at the uh, money management plan quarterly to say, okay, these are all the trips that I'm planning. Like for right now, I'm doing it for next year. Am I putting enough money into the account to allocate for the trips that I'm taking, the events that I'm planning on having? Do I need to change it? How do I need to change it? Um and that helps me be able to make sure, okay, that there's not extra money just sitting somewhere. It's basically giving every dollar a job. It's kind of like there's different budgets, but there's one that's called um, going down to zero where you give every penny a job. So I use a combination of two. It's the virtual buckets and giving every dollar a job. Because when we give every dollar a job, when we decide we want to stay an extra day, um at an event we're going to or we want to go a day early or whatever we can look in that account and go okay money wise i can do it now time wise is it in my capacity to do it mentally is it in my capacity to take an extra day away right because sometimes the capacity time wise isn't aligned the money's there so we're looking at the whole picture and then at the end of the year um, one of the savings accounts called profit savings. So I use, I use the profit first mythology. So there's a profit first savings and every quarter, as long as you've had a profit and you've been putting money into that savings, you get half of what's in there. So it's a bonus. And then at the end of the year, you now have, you can take another bonus because it's each quarter. Plus you have a tax savings account where there's money going into the tax savings. So a lot of entrepreneurs, what they do is they just leave all of it in one account And they don't realize they actually have access to more money to utilize towards their business because they're including their tax savings into that same account. Whereas if you were to have a tax savings account and you just moved the money, then you would know, okay, that money's designated for that. I'm not touching it. This is what I have for this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I can see how divvying it up would would give me clarity about what I have. I guess my resistance is 
I don't love spending time in those kinds of things. And so part of, and again, I'm happy to watch you break this down. Um, Part of my thinking is I've attached this idea, like my abundance exists because I totally trust in this flow state of money. And because it's always worked for me, I mean, in the sense of like, I do have enough money. I do do what I want. I I feel like I have a nice balance of um, kind of being careful and considerate and responsible and also adventurous and fun and trusting and flowy. That's that when I think about doing those more, like when you talk spreadsheets and like, you know, just organizational strategies, for me, it feels like it is becoming kind of tighter, more scarcity based because now I have to kind of think about it and worry about it and, you know, make sure it all adds up. And, and for me, it just feels more expansive and abundance mindset to just have this deep trust because it's always worked. But, you know, I, I'm open to, to shifting that. It's just, I, I, I say that all that, cause that's how I think or feel. Yeah. And, and, and it's probably because it's worked for you. Right. And now your brain's like, okay, you want me to do what? No, that doesn't feel abundant. That feels restrictive because majority of the people, when you think about a money management system or quote unquote budget or spending plan, they're like, you're restricting me. No, I'm not. That's not the purpose. I'm going to be honest. My money management plan, spending plan includes all the things I want, all the things I need, includes everything because if it doesn't, it's not going to work. And, you know, I make sure that my goals are on there. I'm, I'm planning for all those things. To me, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And because I have lived through things where, excuse my friend, shit has happened and it has changed whether or not I've had money or not, right? I know being prepared and having that knowledge means I know where I can make tweaks to make sure we're still okay. Mm -hmm to get through whatever life may come, you know, life may throw our way. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's thinking about the things that you want and need in the future and saying, okay, I want to make sure this money is allocated for that no matter what. And then I want to have play money. I mean, I have a, I have a client who has, she calls it play money and that's an, that's an account and it's play money. And that's for her to go do whatever it is she wants to do on any given day that works for her. That's what she wants. She wants to know she can go to an account and still do the flowy things and the abundance things. And just, and so we set up a particular account for that and we called it her play money, um, her name and then play money. And that's, you know, and we keep putting money in there and that's for her to do whatever. Um, and it, and it, that allows her to still have that flow and plan for the other things that may be coming up. Majority of the clients that come to me don't have that abundance mindset and flow you have. You're like, you're one of the, 
I, you're one of the few that have had parents who have actually talked about money and taught money management. Mine was never, I never talked about. Um, and so I think that's really awesome and amazing. The only thing I think that might benefit you is just having more knowledge so that you can make better decisions with growing your business. So yeah. as you're wanting to grow and make investments, being able to have these different accounts just to separate it so you can actually see, okay, this much money is for this, this much money is for this. I want to invest in this. Do I have it? And you have this money over here. Okay, you know what? I can take this and invest it on here. And I can do that with no problem. Yeah. And I can up level, I could hire a VA or I can go, you know, I mean, whatever it is in the business you're wanting to do. Yeah, I could see that how um, just getting clear about what is fun money and what is, you know, the, the responsible side of the money things that it could allow me to on the responsible side of things, just allocate things in more powerful ways, you know, more intentional ways. Mm -hmm. And be um, able to pay yourself more consistently too, because nine and 10 times you may not be paying yourself as much as you could, or you're not paying yourself as consistently. The majority mm -hmm. entrepreneurs don't do that. And so when we have our business accounts separate from our personal accounts and we're, we're truly treating it as a business and we're having money set aside to pay ourselves. So we, even if there is a, a low in, in revenue, because we've had this separate account and we've been putting a percentage in there, we can still pay ourselves a consistent amount while we're, while we're like for me, example, the last two months I've been up leveling, right, to start increasing the revenue again, I've still been able to pay myself during that time because I had allocated a certain percentage into that account. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very smart what you're teaching. I think the other thing that makes me personally kind of a freak or, uh, you know. <laughs> you're not a freak. <laughs> well, it, you, you know. You're absolutely in no way, shape, or form a freak. Well, let's assume that that being a freak is kind of a good thing in the, in the sense like, you know, I also spent a lot of time traveling by myself with a backpack. And I also learned really early that I don't need a lot. Um, so when I hear you talk also, and I think a freak I'm saying because I feel like I, I have a unique situation where I was kind of you know, my neurons were growing in abundance. And then in my early adulthood, I also recognized despite living in abundance, I actually don't need a lot to be happy. And um, I think that puts me in a unique situation because, yeah, I also don't totally... The thing that I see a lot around money is that there's... There's also this belief that we have that the more money we have, the better and kind of money, money equals freedom, money. Yeah, that's not true. Uh -huh. That's not true. Uh -huh. I, I, I believe you can be rich and miserable. Mm -hmm. And just because you're rich doesn't mean you're wealthy. I talked about this yesterday. Um, to me, being wealthy is having the freedom to do what you love doing, to have the freedom to live life the way you want to live it. The, 
to do the things you're talking about, being able to backpack if that's what you want to do and just live out of a backpack. There is no way in all hell I could live just out of a backpack. <laughs> There's no way. My hat off to you. There's no way. Um, it's just like I also couldn't do the deep hiking and sleep in a tent and not worry about taking a shower and not having a bathroom. There's no way. <laughs> it, it, that's just me. I, I want a bathroom and I want a shower. Um, but being able to choose and have be able to have that. My idea of camping is, yes, having a tent, but also having a camper. So I have access to the things I want. But being able to rent a camper or buy a camper or go backpacking or live as a nomad or buy a tiny house or buy a house, whatever that looks like, because all of us are different, right? We're the same because we have our own business and we want that freedom, but what we want is different. There's no wrong or right. Mm -hmm. To me, being wealthy is, is having the abundance and the mindset of knowing we can create more. We can create it, we can retain it, and we can expand it. Because the more we create and retain, the more we can expand. And when we expand it, we're able to make the world a better place. We, whether that's giving back to our community, giving back to the world, how, what, however that looks like, donating, wherever that looks like. Um, there are so many things going on in this world that can as entrepreneurs the more wealth we create that we can actually make a difference and if we look at it that way to me that's wealthy yeah I know people who have got tons of money and are rich beyond means and they're miserable mm -hmm. they're miserable in their health they're miserable they have headaches they have migraines they're just they're miserable that's to me that's not wealthy mm-hmm to me, wealthy is, is, is the fitness and the, just having that, taking care of you and having that lifestyle and being able to do what you want, whether that's backpacking or, you know, like I said, my goal is to buy a house with a pool, right? I'm, I need space. No tiny house will work for me and my two girls. I'm sorry. I, that would not end with well, that's the only way I know how to say it. They need their space too. And so that's our goal, right? So someone else's goal may be to buy a tiny house or buy a second home, what whatever that looks like, or move to a different country and buy a home, whatever that looks like. So being wealthy is is so much more than than ha having money money is energy and it's a tool if it's used correctly and if we use it as it's meant to we can have so much more abundance because we're able to do things um and make the world a better place yep and i see that you know like i again i i really i bow to creator who put me in a situation where I grew up in abundance because I can see it is, it is affirmative, right? It's like, it, and that's the hard piece that I watch a lot of people struggle with. And again, abundance, you can talk about it in all those aspects of life that you've, you've been mentioning. It's, that's the hardest piece is to shift our thinking. And I think that's awesome that that's where you start. So, um, 
Lisa Marie, in regards to, and I know, you know, you're living in the United States, I'm up here in Canada, and I think our economy is slightly different and probably a little bit worse off than where you guys are at. But right now, I get to see like in, in the moms group that I exist in more and more commonly women, especially if they're living on a single income, really, really, really struggling to make ends meet. More and more people are turning to um, the food bank. Um, they're asking for assistance from the community. They're they're really in a kind of panicked mode about the, the rise in the cost of living and their inability to, or their you know, their belief about their inability to earn more money. So if somebody who is listening is kind of in that state, like a panic, lack, scarcity state, and and it is really real, what would you advise them or suggest? How do you start to pull yourself out of that kind of hole that you feel like you're in? Well, okay, I was in that hole. So, um, and there are many people in the United States who are struggling right now because of the rise in groceries. Um, the, the I mean, there's a recession, whether anyone wants to say there is or not. I, I'm not getting political. I do. I go to the grocery store once a week. The cost of groceries are going up. I can look at my bill week to week to week, and I can see that it's increasing, right? Because again, I'm analytical, so that's naturally. So I pay attention to those things naturally. Like some people are like, oh my gosh, you do that? I'm like, yeah, it just comes second nature to me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm analytical. I can look at it and go, you know what? That bill was twice the amount it was a week ago. Okay, why? Did I buy double the amount of stuff or is it because certain things, you know, jumped up? right i mean perfect example is the, there was a i think it was a 24 ounce bottle of heinz ketchup it sent me on a tizzy they wanted five dollars yeah and i went off i was like what for this 24 ounce bottle of heinz ketchup and i was like okay no that's double the amount since when, you know, and then you could get these big two forty eight ounces as a pack, two for ten. Yeah. Well, one, okay, or two for twelve, I think it was. That was still ridiculous, but that was still a much better buy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Than this small twenty four ounce for five dollars. It right. literally sent me on a tizzy for like two more aisles. I was like fussing. I mean, it because I couldn't believe because I was analyzing it because I stop and when I see the price I'm like nope that's not what I'm doing is there something better most people just grab the regular size they're not they're used to grabbing so the first step I encourage you to do is to list all of your personal expenses everything membership subscriptions everything if you're struggling, you're going to need to make the hard decision. And I'm not saying it's easy, but you're going to still need to make the decision. Is there anything you can temporarily stop to help have more money to go to something else? Mm -hmm. Okay. The second thing is one of the things I've done that we still do, and I'm adamant about it, is we have a notebook at the end of our kitchen table 
and it's the grocery list. And as we are running out of things, we add it to the list. I have a strict rule now. If it's not on the list, I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I go to the grocery store, I'm going with that list and I'm only buying what's on the list. Mm -hmm. And once I've done that, my girls have realized if they start running on a cereal, they better tell me or they better write it down, right? Now yeah. we have things that we get each week, milk, bread, those kind of things. So that immediately goes at the top of the list. But everything else, we go, okay, what are we, that way, one, we're not overbuying. We're not buying things we're not out of because we didn't go and look, right? Um, and then we're not buying more of things that ends up going bad. Two, I plan my meals out. I'll, what I mean is, is I'll look and say, okay, what do I want to cook this week? And that is the, and I, then I go, okay, do I have that meat in the freezer already? And if I don't, then I'll buy the meat. If I do, that meat comes out of the freezer and I'm not buying that meat for the week. Um, when you go weekly to the grocery store, you spend less. I guarantee it. I used to go every two weeks and I, always ended up having to go in between and I always spent more when mm -hmm. I go every single week I spend less because I'm only buying what I need mm -hmm. um the biggest thing was making that list last don't be afraid to ask for help mm -hmm. I, I can't I can't stress that enough I know firsthand how it feels a lot of people, when they ask for help, they feel like a failure. They feel like they're going to be judged. And for me personally, you're, you shouldn't be judged because life happens. And if there are people out there who can help, I guarantee you there's someone who wants to help. And as long as, you know, um, it, it's helping and they're doing something to also better themselves in the process, whether it's, you know, start making that grocery list, Right. Um, we went, when we started that, there was one week that we went to a grocery store and we didn't have the grocery list. And I'm telling you, it works because we spent way too much and we bought stuff that we didn't need. It was ridiculous. I literally pulled that out and said, lesson learned, but ain't on the list. We're not buying it. And this is, this is how we're doing this from now on, because we spent over double the amount that we normally do each week when we go once a week. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's it's the small things, making sure you know, okay, I'm down to four rolls of toilet paper. That's not going to last me a week. Toilet paper needs to go on the list, right? That's not going to last you longer than seven days and you're about to go to the grocery store. Toilet paper goes on the list. Same thing with paper towels. Same thing with, you know, um, laundry detergent, dishwasher soap, what, whatever it is. Um, one of the other things I recommend is if you can find it at a better price and it works for you, to have it delivered, okay, have it delivered. Like for my daughter, she will have sensory overload and see all the things. So what I'm teaching her is how to use the grocery store app, still make her list. She only buys what's on the list, but she uses the grocery store app instead. And then like I'm telling her, she can have it delivered or we can go park and have it, you know, someone pick it up. I personally like going to the grocery store because I like seeing the prices and comparing the sizes and all that. And when you're doing it online, you can't. 
but for some people, if they know they're going, they can't stick to that list. Sometimes ordering it online is the better way. I have two friends who do it that way and they've saved, they talk about, they, they save hundreds of dollars because they don't go inside a store. They order it, they park and it's brought out. Yeah. I love all these tips that you're saying. One of the things that I want to kind of just flag and repeat to make it more obvious and loud is this idea of asking for help. And I think not only financial help, I mean, ask for for donations of food or money if you need to, if you're at that point, people do want to help. But the other Part of that, I think, is, and I see this all the time in my work, too, around health and wellness, is, you know, you're right. Most of us have not grown up with proper training or mindset around whether it is finances or health. And sometimes we need a coach or a guide to help us unlearn what we've learned and learn more positive habits and tools and tips. And I would say, even though sometimes that is an investment in the beginning, that that's what I also see in my work, that people who are trying to do it alone, I don't know if it's impossible, but it does often seem that people run around in circles when they're trying to just do this kind of shifting um, changing trajectories on their own. It is so helpful and so worth the investment to have somebody in your corner who's done it, who knows the steps and can fast track you to getting to where you want to go. And even though in the beginning, it's an investment, a commitment and taking responsibility, having somebody cheerleading you and and guiding you and holding you accountable from what I see in my work is is a really great decision. Did you want to speak to that at all? Yeah. I mean, I was going to use an example. I mean, I, one of the hard, I, I'm much better at it than I used to be. Um, I know how hard it is to ask for help. Six years ago, six and a half years ago now. Well, yeah, six years ago this past September, I asked for help. I tried going to gyms. I tried doing all the things, um, if it's cold or raining, I'm not going anywhere. This just not happening. I, I can find, I literally, I'm telling you, I can have a conversation inside my brain and come up with an excuse of why I wasn't going to the gym. Notorious. So I knew I needed someone to be providing accountability, someone to help me start where I was. Because when you go to the gym, you don't have anyone helping you start where you're at. So it ends up being so much harder, Right. I knew what I needed. So I asked for the help. And yes, that was an investment. It still is. My point is because she helped me and she started me where I was at. I still have that same fitness coach slash trainer for six and a half, going on six and a half years now, because I know me, I need the accountability. I need the push. I need someone encouraging me. I need someone telling me to get out of my damn head. Mm-hmm. I need that. And she's helped me progress on my goals and reach them each and every year. She's become a non-negotiable. Yeah. It's not even, it's a non-negotiable investment. It is something that is done regardless every single month because I know what it does for my mental health, right? I tell people all the time, I don't work out because I enjoy it. Because honestly, honest to goodness, I hate it. I work out because I like how I feel afterwards 
and because I don't like how I feel when I don't work out. Yeah. When I don't do the workouts and when I miss them, I do not like how I feel. Yeah. And that's the reason it's, it's mental just as much as it is physical health, if not more so. So asking a coach or a, um, you know, a wealth coach, a money coach, a health coach, you know, having someone there and investing in that to help you uh, find a different way to do things that you, so you can unlearn whatever money beliefs you've learned um, and be able to rewrite that script so that it's working for you and you're in control of your money instead of fearing it. You're yes, you can do it on your own. And like you said, you could end up spinning in circles and, or take it taking on so much longer than when you have someone who's been there, been through it, done it, and who, who can help you, get through the steps faster. I mean, it's the reason why we have business coaches too, right? To help us elevate our business. Yeah, we could do it on our own, but how much faster are we going to get where we want to get? Having someone who's already been there and also now has the tools that we can, that we're allowed to use to get us there faster. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's leave listeners with this point and a little takeaway. So I'm going to start and then I'm going to hand it over to you, but in that on that topic i think if you're listening to this and you want to take action i think that's a really big first step deciding that you need to make a change whether that's in your health or your finances or relationships or any other aspect of your life that you you're at this point where you're thinking change is necessary then i would say look for somebody who you admire in the space who you're seeing their lived experience shine and i know i have all different levels of offerings in my space and and i would say that most coaches and people who love what they do and and are really passionate about what they do there is always some kind of free resource or low ticket offer start there like in my case I have a 10 day self-care challenge if you don't think you can make a lifelong commitment start with 10 days and I have a pay what you want version of that course so anybody can get in on it and decide what they can afford to get started and I'm sure Lisa Marie you probably also have some kind of free resource that people can just get started and then commit to continuing to take steps do the next thing once you finish the the first uh step you know some free resource or low ticket resource continue to commit to invest in yourself because i think that's the other thing that people kind of glaze over or or tend to miss as they'll invest in their children's hockey equipment and they'll invest in a new deep freeze and they'll invest in the surgery for their dog and they'll invest in everything but themselves. But my recommendation would be decide that you're worth it, whatever aspect of life that you know you need to make a shift in and start to invest in yourself, even if it is $10 at first and then $20 and then $50 and then $100 invest in the things that are going to lift you up and then you when you're in your high vibing state can really start to lift your life up in all different aspects so to finish Lisa Marie is there something 
that you can offer uh, listeners. I'll, I'll link it in the text description, but maybe you can just describe what you have uh, for people to get started if you do have something. Yeah, well, if you go to my website, thesassywealthcoach.com, there's actually a page that's got all kinds of different um, free offers that will benefit you based off of, um, okay, I need to start listing out my my personal expenses. There's a, a sheet that gives you, you know, okay, this is the general list because we forget so many things. There's one for business. Um, the new offer, free free offer that's coming out is the Money Story Start Guide. It will actually probably be released in the next week or so, um, put on the website. Um, and that is really getting you to look at your story um, what those money beliefs are and then rewriting it. Um, the low ticket offer that I have right now, we are, I am creating another one, but the main one I have right now that that's true to my heart and I believe is, is, um, it's worth so much more. Uh, but it's called, it's the money mindset. It's the mini money mindset, uh, uh, digital course. It's um, $97, it's audio and video. So you've got audio recording, video recording. So you can choose whether you wanna to listen to it or watch it. And it has a digital workbook with it. And it literally, um, the audio and video take you step-by-step through the pages and I'll even tell you, okay, we're going to stop here. This is what I want you to work on. And you'll pause it. And then you can re start back once you're ready to go to the next thing. So I do that on purpose so that it doesn't become overwhelming. So again, you look at what's the first thing you remember learning about money. The first thing you heard about money, what's uh, where, you know, was it your parents? What were they, what was it like for your parents to talk about money? Did they talk about money? It just starts asking you questions and makes you think. And so that you can see where the patterns and beliefs may have come from. And then it asks you questions. What do you believe about money now? And then it has the effort, you know, uh, a list of sayings. Do you believe these? And then it walks you through on rewriting your money script. Um, by saying, okay, what do you want your relationship with money to be? So it's just this, it's this workbook that goes step by step. And I believe that in order to change our relationship with money, we have to know where those, what our money beliefs are, where they came from. And we have to be able, again, whether we don't acknowledge it to someone else, we've got to be able to acknowledge it to ourselves. And we have to be willing to Acknowledge it so that we can then say, okay, that's not how I want it to be. And we can then start working on flipping that script. I love that. That's so awesome. I will definitely in the text link your website. And I would encourage anybody who's listening that's thinking they need a wealth coach to reach out to you. I know you work from your heart and you're such a Thank loving, you. caring human. And if nothing else, start with that. Um, resource that you were just talking about. And I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Lisa Marie, and sharing your in, insight and your resources and your information that I'm sure will touch somebody and help them to take a first step in the direction of their dreams and goals. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And to all you listeners out there, I hope that you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening and may all beings be happy.